Ladies and gentlemen, federal employees, welcome to this episode. It is so good to have you here today. We're going to be answering three questions that I got from people just like you, federal employees just like you, who had questions about their retirement. And if you have questions, feel free to submit them below, and you may just be featured on a future episode. We're going to dive right in. Again, if you're new here, my name is Dallin Hawes, a financial planner serving federal employees, helping you guys get the most out of your retirement and retire confident. And there's tons of links of incredible resources, many of which are free in the description below. So feel free to check that out. Question number one, this federal employee asks, can I stop receiving withdrawals from my TSP after I start? For instance, I was thinking of filling the gap between first supplement and social security with my TSP, but then stopping or lowering withdrawal amount from my TSP. So they have another piece of their question that I'm gonna just pause really quick. So the short answer is 100% yes. You certainly can take money out um, or you could you could start an installment payment from your TSPs. For example, you could say, hey, send me $1,000 a month, $2,000 a month, whatever the amount that you'd like, and they'll do it. And you can stop that and lower that basically at any time. The rules in the past used to be a lot more restrictive where there was limits on how often and how much you can make changes. The rules are much more liberal now, so there's really not a huge, a ton of restrictions when it comes to how and when you can make changes, okay? So that's the good news. Yes, you can once you want to slow down your withdrawals because your Social Security kicks in, you definitely 100% can. Now, the next piece of their question they ask, also, does my TSP continue to grow even if I'm taking withdrawals? So this is a great question. So I'm going to break the question down. So does it continue to grow? Well, it depends what you're referring to. Now, you certainly can invest your TSP can, even when you're taking withdrawals. So, for example, during your career, you can invest your TSP in things like the G fund, the F fund, the C fund, SNI or L fund or the mutual fund window. You can do the exact same sort of things even in, when you're retired. You can invest, and you, I dare say you should be investing your TSP even in retirement. Now, I'm not gonna talk about how you should, but I've got a whole video on how you should be investing your TSP in retirement. So you can Google it, just how to invest in retirement or how to invest your TSP in retirement, Haas Federal Advisors. As long as you have Haas Federal Advisors on your search, it'll pull up all our information. Or you can go back to our website, HaasFederalAdvisors.com. All our resources are there for you for free. So um, yeah, long story short, um, yeah, you, yes, you should be investing your TSP. Now, does that mean that your TSP is going to be growing faster than you're taking withdrawals? Well, it totally depends on how the markets and how the things that you're investing in are doing at the time. However, if you've got a good strategy, which I cover in that other video I just mentioned about investing in TSP, then over time, your money is going to be able to last through retirement with no problem at all. Okay? You want a good strategy, so definitely check out those other videos with some great investment strategies for you. Okay? Question number two. This federal employee asks... Good day. Good day to you. I've heard someone say to stop putting anything above the matching percentage in the TSP and use that money for a cash value life insurance policy. That way, when it's time to retire, you can take that cash value amount out without being taxed. Is this a good move to make? My concern would be that my monthly premium would increase as I got older. Thanks. This is a great question. Now, if whoever has told you about this, okay, I'd be very wary, especially if they're a life insurance salesman, okay? So let me let me cut to the chase. Basically what this person is asking is, should I use life insurance almost like an investment? 
right? I put money in, it can come out tax-free later. Sounds great, right? Well, the fine print, basically at the end of the day, if you summarize it, yes, you can get a cash value life insurance policy and you could get money out of it later. However, it's just so inefficient, right? For the amount of money you have to put in it that it rarely makes sense. And it's almost, it's never better than just investing in your TSP. Never better than that. Your TSP, you're gonna get way more bang for your buck, right? You'll get some money back from a, a life insurance policy. And if you have everything else in your financial life absolutely nailed down and you want life insurance as well, you're welcome to. But in my opinion, it's a waste for most people. Because first, most people don't need life insurance for the rest of their life. And cash value life insurance is meant to last your entire life. It's gonna cost a lot and you're gonna make the insurance company very, very happy, right? By paying those premiums all those years and they won't give you very much growth at all, okay? So long story short, there's efficient ways to do things and there's inefficient way to do things. Your TSP is an incredibly efficient way to save and be prepared for retirement. So you need to be maxing that out maxing IRAs if you have those, brokerage accounts, you wanna be doing all of that, and life insurance is not where you wanna go. What you need is a good term policy, so you have the life insurance you need, but you're not paying extra for it, okay? Cash value life insurance is not an investment, okay? There can be some investment pieces of it, but as investments go, it sucks, okay? It's not a good investment. So, let's dive on from there. Question number three. They say, what happens when you turn 65 and Medicare kicks in with a wife who is younger and you have minor children? Great question, great, great question. So for you as a federal employee, Medicare is a little unique because first, most federal employees and federal retirees have FEHB, your health insurance. So when Medicare comes into the picture, what happens then? Well, long story short, the only pieces of Medicare that you wanna even care about as a federal employee is part A and part B. Now there's part C and D and supplement plans and advantage plans, but you wanna ignore all those other things. All you want to focus on is Medicare A and B because with your FEHB, your FEHB actually covers everything else, that the things that I said to ignore, it covers an acts like a good supplement plan, like a, a part D plan, it, it covers you. So you don't have to worry about those other pieces of Medicare. But you bring up a great point. What if you have a spouse that's younger than you? What if you turn 65? You can get on Medicare, but your spouse is younger than you. You have minor children. How does it affect them? Long story short, you cannot be on Medicare unless you're 65, right? 65 and above. So if you as a federal employee turn 65, let's say your spouse is 60, you have some minor kids that are still at home. Well, Medicare is only gonna cover you, period, done. You have to be 65 and above to be covered by Medicare. So you wanna make sure that your FEHB plan you have is going to be enough for your spouse and your kids because that's the only insurance they're gonna have is your FEHB. So some people, when they get on Medicare, they, they change their FEHB plan to a plan that is really Medicare friendly, right? It, it, it is designed to merge with Medicare and to get you great, great coverage. So. For you, you want to make sure whatever FEHB plan you have, it not only works for you and merging with Medicare, but also that it works as a standalone plan for your spouse and your kids so that they're covered. Then once your kids are no, no longer minor, right? They're off your insurance or your spouse is now 65, then you can maybe jump to a, a plan that is completely just designed to merge with Medicare. But until then, you don't have to worry about it. You want to get an FEHB plan that is 
good enough standalone for them. So I hope that is helpful. Those are the three questions we had today. Again, if you have questions yourself you'd like to submit, we can, we'll definitely address them on a future episode. Now we can't address every single question. We get lots of questions, but we'll do our best to cover the ones that are most interesting. So I hope that was helpful. Have an incredible rest of your day, your month, your year. I'll see you guys next time.